I wasn't quite ready. Wow! I'm going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're coming in from. I normally go live at 6pm London, you know that people, but to get my special guest on, he was on another live show, which I was watching right up until we went live, uh, so that I knew when he checked out there. Um, We had to run a little bit late, but I'm sure you will all feel it is worth it. So as always, don't forget, smash the like button. Tweet this out, share it where you're watching and listening. It's going out on Nostar. It's uh, the links out on Twitter. It will go up on Rumble, BitChute, and I would encourage you all to go and retweet it. Do what you need to do everywhere so we can get more people learning about Bitcoin and not going down the crap coin route and losing all their uh families hard-earned money very quickly as always uh, no financial advice here you're not going to get it no charts no ta none of that stuff just heart on the sleeve bitcoin conversation that's all i know it's all i want to talk about so don't come looking for financial advice uh, over 600 videos now at ukbitcoinmaster.com pretty well 90 5% of them were live streams when I started off uh, in 2018. They were uploads, but ever since then, they've been live streams. Go check them out. I would also encourage you, if you haven't, go check out bitcoininterviews.com. Over 80 interviews over there. Optis will go there too. Um, with some of the greatest minds in Bitcoin, his co-host Nico, he's been on the show. We've had people like Preston Pish, Jeff Booth, Larry Lepard, Nat Brunel, and many others, James Lavish. If, if I've forgotten you, whoever you are, you know who you are. There's been some great interviews over there, and this one with Opti, I'm sure, will be no different. It will be great. Uh, last but not least, before I move over to the desktop window, not your keys, not your coins. I'm beating the drum consistently that if you've got coins on exchanges, you don't own them, people. That exchange owns them. And if that goes down, well, you can kiss goodbye to your family's future wealth if you're holding it in Bitcoin. If you're not holding it in Bitcoin, convert it to Bitcoin, then get it offline. That's my top advice. Uh, Very quickly, I would encourage you all to go over to the show notes. And in the show notes, you'll find my Linktree address where you'll find all the platforms that I am on. So well worth following me there. I've already had my channel taken down once by YouTube for no reason whatsoever. So it may happen again. Whereas if you follow me on some of these other platforms, then you'll always know where I am and what I'm doing. I would encourage you all, if you're not on the Orange Pill app, to get on it. If you want to get 10,000 free sats, use my link in the show notes. But the Orange Pill app, in my opinion, is building the social layer of Bitcoin, which is superb. Last but not least, two warnings or one warning, two screenshots. If you get anything in my comments after the, the stream is finished that looks like this, or looks like this, they're scammers. They are not me, people, so don't fall for them. I don't even use WhatsApp, so I'm never going to ask you to WhatsApp me. That's for sure. Okay, today is the 16th of November, 2023, for the timestamp. Very quick look at who we've got in the chat, and then I'm going to bring Opti in. Uh, Paul, well done. Opti, by the way, you're, you're not, you'll probably hear me. Um, Paul was in your chat and won the T-shirt, and he's a regular in my chat, which is awesome. So well done you, Paul, for winning. John G, uh, we've got JB Bitcoiner, both UK. We've got G Squared, welcome to you. Bitcoin Meister coming in from uh, Utah. 
who else have we got? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Paul. Michael Weber's with us. UK, James Legris, welcome to you. Um, Dr. Rob Davis, welcome. Stuart's in the house. Uncle Hodler is with us, coming in from Arizona. Andrew Williams, Elaine, Mrs. UK, my lovely wife and uh, better half. Welcome, everyone. The chat's open. If you want to put something in the chat and get my attention, type in UK Bitcoin Master, then your message, it will light it up in bright orange. That's the intro done. Rattled through it as quick as I could. My job now is to get my guest in the house. Opti, welcome to the UK Bitcoin Master Bullish Bitcoin Show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm honored. But before we go on, is that the Bitcoin Meister in the chat? Let's go. Straight Adam OG. is always in my chat. Always. Love it. He's a great support. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Um, when I first got into Bitcoin in May 2017, I went searching on YouTube and the only two people I found that I could even take seriously was Andreas Antonopoulos. And I'm now going to put Bitcoin Meister, Adam Meister, in that camp as well. Because Love when it. I saw Adam Meister, I thought, the guy's either totally loopy or he's really <laughs> on to something here. But boy, has he got energy. But I'm going to say this. So have you, Optimus Fields. <laughs> so have you. When I watch you on uh, Nico Simply Bitcoin and you start going into one, well, listen, I'm pretty bullish, I'm telling you. Bitcoin Meister's bullish, but I'm going to put you right up there with bullish as well. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, listen, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. I know that was a bit of a scramble for you. Um, I just feel that the more people, Bitcoiners, that we can hear their story, check out what happened with their rabbit hole. I know yours and Nico's is a new show. For my interviews, it's very much about what did the person maybe do leading up to Bitcoin? What was their background like? Don't dox yourself. I'm okay with that. You know, the, the rabbit hole. Did you jump in right away? Were you skeptical? Did you shitcoin? You know, all that type of stuff. And then we'll get on to where we see the whole thing going. So I guess a really good start, Opti, if you wouldn't mind, talk to my audience about life before Bitcoin. Pretty, you know, short synopsis of what was what, what you were doing, how you came across Bitcoin, etc. What you thought. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And and as I mentioned in the chat, uh, Paul, I see this comment here. Uh, if you don't know how to use Twitter, uh, email me at optimus at bitvolt.io and I will get in touch with you. Uh, yeah, email me and, and I'll make sure we can get you that shirt. Okay, uh, my rabbit hole story. So, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I'm in my early 30s. Um, I basically became an adult in 2008 and through the great financial crisis. And so I feel like I'm constantly of that age where I'm just going through all of the craziest times, you know, be, before I even hit 40, I've gone through what, uh, a great financial collapse. We've gone through, uh, you know, lockdowns, uh, because of a flu, we've gone through recessions, you know, we've had the trade center attack. It, it cool. seems like every pivotal point of my life has been some kind of very huge shock and just like an, an incredible event to say the least. But rolling back a little bit, I I think I, I, I have a question that I always ask myself, and I, I hope I'm not lagging. It looks like I'm kind of lagging over here, no, but I, sorry, I hope it's clear. I, that, that's because we didn't have much time at the intro. The lag looks it to you, but it comes okay, out okay. perfect on YouTube. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I always have this question where I, I ask myself and I ask our audience, like, are Bitcoiners born or are we made? And at times I feel like I was just born 
for this. Like, I, I think I've always been the the black sheep. I've always been, for lack of better terms, conspiratory minded. Yeah. And so when I was like 16, 15, 16, me and one of my buddies, we were very big into conspiracy theories. Again, I grew up on the internet. I've watched all kinds of crazy stuff on the internet. I've, I'm, I've probably been on, you know, internet lists since I was like 15, 14, <laughs> just being on websites that I shouldn't have been on. And so I went down a lot of different rabbit holes and different conspiracy you know, rabbit holes and, and just was open-minded enough to ask questions and, and wonder whether these people, these crazy people on the internet were actually telling the truth. And then somewhere around like, I think 17 ish, I read the creature from Jekyll Island. Oh. And again, I just like fell into it and I didn't really have enough self-confidence yet then to realize that like, oh, I actually am on the signal because everyone around me was always like, okay, like you're, you're a kid. You don't know how the world works. This is how the world works. And at the time I was naive enough to believe that adults knew what they were going and what they were doing. And so I was like, oh yeah, my parents know best. My teachers know best. If what I'm reading and seeing on the internet isn't what they're talking about, then it might be just crazy people on the internet. And then fast forward, I graduated in 2008 and by chance, I went to college and fell into an elective class that was philosophy. But it wasn't just like a normal philosophy class. My professor, he'd just do this incredible monologue where he would link, you know, religion, philosophy, like Plato and Socrates, and he would link the the creature from Jekyll Island, the Trilateral Commission, the Council of Foreign Relations. He would just, you know, OPEC, like he would link all of this together and he just had this great monologue. And again, maybe I was young and impressionable, but he was saying everything that I was learning on the internet. And so I was just, I, for the first time in my life, I had an adult kind of in real life guide my hand and show me like, oh, you're not just reading crazy, you know, conspiracy, conspiracies on the internet. Like this is exactly how the world works. And so that is how I basically fell in love with philosophy. I got a bachelor's in philosophy and before I went to college. I didn't really like to learn. I, I, I hated school. I was kind of a jock. You know, I, I grew up at the beach, so I just wanted to go to the beach and, and look at pretty girls in bikinis and enjoy my life and, you know, just be, be a little more artsy. I, I have a joke where I say I, uh, I went full woke and then I woke up. I am again, I'm from, I'm from California. So I, I never knew any of this. Like I, I was, I never was even exposed to libertarianism before Bitcoin or Austrian economics or any of that. I just knew that there was something wrong with the system. I, I just, I don't know what it was. Maybe old soul is what people told me, but I just, I knew there was something wrong and I always was researching it. And me and my buddy, we would, we would bounce ideas back and forth. We, you know, we, we'd enjoy like the early, like Alex Jones type content of just like yep. people going crazy and connecting the dots. And so we always were in, into conspiracies. And then my philosophy prof professor basically said what I knew to be true. And I was like, Oh, another adult is saying this. And then, you know, long story short, TLDR, uh, I graduated college. I got a bachelor's in philosophy and it kind of sparked my lifelong journey for education and my love for learning. And I, and I, I have a joke, like I, I wouldn't recommend anyone go to college to become a philosophy uh, student because there's only two jobs you can really do is either philosophize or teach other broke kids to become philosophers. And it's just <laughs> yeah, not the best. True. It's not like you don't go into debt to become a philosopher by all means, but 
I am grateful I did it because it taught me how to think. I'm so grateful to my philosophy professors because they re-sparked that inquisitive, critical thinking element in me. They taught me how to research. They taught me that, oh, trust yourself. You have an internal guidance. You know, I, I really went into philosophy because I always wanted to know the true nature of reality. I, that's, that's why I fell into philosophy. I wanted to know, like, the true nature of what's going on in the world, you know, just like, why are we here? And, you know, is there a God and like, what's life about and what's the point of living? You know, the simple questions. And I only found out that my philosophy career led to more questions than answers. And so <laughs> I graduated and, you know, I went into life and my family's blue collar. So we build houses. And I tried to avoid that as much as possible. I was a little more artsy. I like to make music. I, I've, I'm very big on the cultural aspects of like the counterculture or like punk rock or like hip hop. I, I just love what art and music can do to people and, and spreading that signal and spreading the message that you think is the true signal and then propagating it through the memes or through art and culture. And so, I didn't want to work. I, I wanted to just be like an artsy guy. I want, I, you know, I was trying to do different entrepreneur music projects. I was always kind of a tinker. I was always searching for answers. And then life gets really hard. You know, I'm a millennial. I, I think I hit around like 26 and I'm broke. Life's hard. And so I basically have to work and I, I was not into it. I've always said I wanted to create something out of my mind than just my hands because I come from a labor background. I come from a blue collar family and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a relatively pretty big guy. So like, you know, I'm kind of strong. I, I can build stuff with my hands if I so choose to. But since I fell in philosophy and I was always kind of this way, like I wanted to build something from my mind and, and create things and make them physical. And, but then, you know, life happens. I got to pay bills. I can only live at my parents' house for so long without actually contributing. And I asked myself, like, what do normal people do? They invest in stocks. And yep. then I asked one of my friends, like, okay, hey, you have a semi-decent portfolio. Your dad taught you how to trade stocks. Uh, I asked him about stocks. Uh, TLDR, he sat me down to watch uh, Hard Money. Wait, uh, the Kramer show? What's it like? Hard Money show or whatever, or Moneyball. Uh, he sat me down to watch Jim Kramer. <laughs> yep. And if you know oh, anything whoa. about Jim Kramer, oh, it's like oh, he's, he's, yeah, exactly. Like, you <laughs> know, he it, the inverse Kramer is the biggest thing ever. And so... He sat me down to watch it. In hindsight, it's like the funniest thing ever because he's like, this is my boy. Like, he's going to teach you. And now I'm like, oh, my God. Anyways, I went to go set up a Charles Schwab account. And they basically told me, oh, uh, you don't have enough money. You need $2,500 to even open an account. And I'm like, oh, this is why I'm here. I'm trying to make money. Like, yeah. I, I only have like yeah. $250. What do you mean I need $2,500? Like, yeah, get out of here. Sorry, you can't open an account. And I think this was before like... Uh, like Robin Hood and those kind of things were, were like a part of the culture. There's just like, okay, go to a traditional financial institution, open up an account, give us your money. We'll trade for you. Let us know what you want. And so I basically just like put my tail between my legs and was like, okay, well that didn't work out. And then again, life gets a little harder. You get, you get smashed under the grind of real life. And by chance, I just found Bitcoin. Bitcoin had just broken 20 or 10K for the first time in 2017. And oh, I heard class about of 2017 it. 2017 as well, then? Yeah, I'm a class of 2017. It. It, just, it just kissed 10K for the first time. And throughout that day, 
I just, you know, again, rough day, going to work, laboring. I just, I kept hearing it in the media. Like in the morning, I heard about it. And on the radio, I heard about it. I saw a news story about it. I saw it on like social media. And I came home and I was going to make some music with my cousin. And I asked him, he's like five, six, seven years younger than me or something like that. And I asked him like, yo, do you, have you ever heard about this Bitcoin stuff? And he's like, yeah, I, I think I might actually have some. I'm like, how do you have Bitcoin? And he's like, oh, you know, I was on those websites that people don't want me, you know, that people that you buy things people don't want you to buy. And I was using Bitcoin when I was like, I don't know, 18. I'm like, what? Like, and in my head, being competitive with my little cousin, I'm like, how's my little cousin know about Bitcoin? And I don't like, let me, let me research this. And I can remember vividly, we were sitting there. It was like sunset. And we jumped on YouTube and started watching Andres Antonopoulos videos for like an hour and a half. And I then I bought we, my- I think we've all been orange peeled yeah, by Andres Antonopoulos. Exactly. The same, the same story over, over and over again, as cliche as all of our stories are as 2017 Bitcoiners. And I bought my first $100 on Coinbase that night. Uh, I think Bitcoin retraced to like the low 9Ks. And so I was in instantly panicking like, wait, like I don't have any money. And now it's getting even smaller. I thought the point of this is for it to go up. And then like the next day or something, it hit like 10,100 and I made like 10% on my hundred dollars. And I'm like, I'm a genius trader. I made 10% of a hundred dollars. Like I'm pulling out. Yeah. Like I'm pulling out. I sold and then it kept running and I'm like, wait, I need to put another hundred dollars in because now I've lost my position. And the, you know, the rest is history. I've just been obsessed with it. I, I, I would research and, and listen to podcasts for 40, 40 hours plus every week while I was working. I wouldn't listen to anything. I just listened to basically like Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent and Andres yeah. Antonopoulos videos and Bitstein and Pierre Rochard and Stefan Levera. And I just happened to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop because I did go through a shitcoin phase because again, at that time, if you guys were around, November Bitcoin hit it's all time high or was it December? It was like December, the beginning of December 13th or the 17th. One of them. Yeah. The beginning of December, Bitcoin hit its all time high. And then for that, that month following, it was like the altcoin season. And so everything was going nuclear. And within like a week or two, I saw somewhere, I think it might've been on Reddit. They're like, Hey, if you want to be a part of the Bitcoin conversation, you should join Twitter. That's where all the real Bitcoin conversation is. And I joined Twitter. And at the time there wasn't this big Bitcoin only content space all the biggest accounts on twitter were these shitcoin accounts yep. and so very quickly within like a week of joining twitter everyone's like oh bitcoin's myspace you know ethereum the world computer like you need to go into these alts because bitcoin's old news you know bitcoin's outdated tech it's not going anywhere and so i got caught up in those narratives and, and i see the point is if if you did then we have to respect that even people jumping into the space today can yeah. Well, I have a point. I, I I do have a point to that. So, um, and but the story basically, I you know I put money in altcoins, and then this the shitcoin season dropped, and everything was collapsing, and I was just riding my bags down, and I I, I was feeling the pain of like, wow, I I had you know a couple thousand dollars into Bitcoin at that point, and now it was disintegrating because it was in these altcoins, 
and I had to make a fateful decision. I asked myself, and this is how naive I was. I, I, I looked at the market. This is probably around like March, maybe. I was like a shit coiner for like two and a half months, probably. Yep. And yep. I was just researching white papers and reading all this stuff and going into communities and you know trying to figure out what's the cool uh, new coin on coin market cap and had a Binance account and all this stuff. And I had just made the fateful decision, which I think most people do if they're smart. I asked myself, well, maybe I should learn what this Bitcoin is so I can better compare altcoins against it yep. and I can make more money on altcoins. And then I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, like I said with all those other podcasts, and I realized it is Bitcoin only and you don't exit the rabbit hole once you go down the Bitcoin only rabbit hole. And I dumped my big, my, uh, my altcoins at like, I don't know, in like March of 2018 or something and just been all in sense and, you know, just constantly tried to study and learn and understand the technicals and understand the geopolitical, um, like uh, wh where uh, occasion we are, the markets. Like I, I learned through, I learned about global financial markets through the Bitcoin lens because yeah. I've, I, I had no clue about finances before. Like I say it all the time. Before I found Bitcoin, I had no savings. I could barely save $300. And something about Bitcoin, once I understood Bitcoin, uh, it was like a black hole. Like I just, I just threw money at it. I would never touch it. I would hodl it. And you know, now what? Six, like literally six years to the date, basically, I believe. Um, I'm just like, okay, it's Bitcoin. Everything else, everything else is gambling. It's a scam. And the only thing that's going to help people is building up some capital in Bitcoin and opting out of this madness because it really is madness. And the politicians, the bureaucrats, the central bankers, they are all driving us off a cliff. And I don't agree with this. I, I don't believe in anything that they're doing. And I've always been kind of apolitical. I never really focused into politics until recently. And that's what I fell in love with Bitcoin in the first place. It's apolitical money. No one controls it. And because it is so apolitical, it is the most political tool to change behavior, change society. And so now I'm learning to embrace politics a little more because, again, going back to philosophy, uh, one of my good friends, Brandon, he always quotes, I, I believe it's Socrates or something or Plato. And he's like, uh, if you don't involve yourself with politics, then you will be ruled by your inferiors. And so now I'm like, oh, I see why we are in the position we are in is because people are inherently, I think, maybe not inherently, but for the most part, on the majority level, most people just want to live a good life. Yeah. And Agreed. they don't have enough time to be involved with politics they they're like you know they're in the rat race they're working 40 hours plus when they go home they're burnt out they got to deal with their family they're living paycheck to paycheck and they don't have time to be involved with these with all these you know quote unquote high level conversations and all i've realized and i was like guys you don't really have to just save in bitcoin live a good life you can opt out of the madness and other people that are like-minded like us freedom fighters you know uh or fi financial terrorists whichever whichever side of the aisle you want to lean on are are putting in the good fight and we're defunding the great leviathan we're defunding the beast by just saving in something that they cannot steal from us and i don't know i just i <laughs> if it can do it for me then I feel like it could do it for everyone else. And it really just took a little bit of, of work and it just took a little bit of sacrifice. And I think moving forward to your point where you're saying, if I can get caught up in the shitcoin narrative, then everyone else can. Uh, yes, 100% agree. But also I think now it's become 
easier than ever to become Bitcoin only because of so much Bitcoin only content but out there, like the Bitcoin wanna. only media. You've got to wanna. You got to want to, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, everyone gets, everyone, uh, what's the saying, you know, all that glitters isn't gold and we're all here, you know, if you're being honest with yourself to increase your purchasing power. And so I don't really blame people for trying to increase their purchasing power, but I understand that trying to get rich overnight is part of that problem. And this isn't, what's uh, safety and say, you know, like this isn't a get rich, or maybe it's Giacomo. This isn't a get rich quick scheme. It's a don't get poor slowly scheme. Yes, yes, and so yes. it's about just switching your paradigm, your mental operating system to build some capital, have some personal responsibility, realize that, hey, I need to pay myself first. If no one, if I'm not going to do it, no one out there is going to look for my best interest. So I better think about future me a little bit and just build a nest egg, provide as much value as I can to everyone around me, be a productive human and, you know, put in the work and life will reward you if you are aligned with nature and reality. Like that's my fundamental thesis on what's going on here. It's like Bitcoin aligns with the true nature of reality. There is natural laws of economics and the clown world that we find ourselves a part of <laughs> where did you go we've lost opti <laughs> okay we're gonna have to wait and see if we get him back it looks like his uh internet has dropped out uh hang on a sec i've still got it on so hopefully he will join us again and hopefully you are getting something from it hang on he's putting something in the chat on twitter see this is what happens when you go live people hang on a sec let's get him back in <laughs> <laughs> They don't want you just, the signal to get out. You just literally dropped out. That you know what that that was the universe's way of saying take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I have a way of ranting sometimes. Uh, listen, uh, uh, my audience don't want to hear for me. They want to hear for my guests. So not a problem. I was just going to say, you know, in in response to something you said in in what you were saying there, isn't it interesting how we all come into this from different perspectives, different angles. I mean, for me personally, I actually saw this, uh, I think it was uh, May, the, May the 23rd, I believe, 2017. And like, I didn't question it. I didn't buy any crap coins whatsoever. I just literally bought Bitcoin, bought Bitcoin, and I haven't sold a sat in like nearly seven years. And I've just literally hodled. And, you know, I hear people saying, oh, it's so difficult to hodl. I haven't found it difficult. And I'll tell you why. I've got no financial background. I'm a, I'm a former truck driver of 20 odd years. So I certainly didn't know about Federal Reserve, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, rehypothification and all that stuff we hear about. I knew none of it, Opti. And I remember having Preston Pish on my show. And I used this a lot because we were chatting and Pres Preston said, Brian, he said, the harsh reality is learning about Bitcoin is too much of an inconvenience for the masses because it gets in the way of their television. So, you know, you get Bitcoin at the price you deserve and ultimately you, whoever you are, will ultimately have to be involved in Bitcoin in some way, shape or form in the future because my opinion is going to eat the financial world. I don't know how much of it I'm going to see being in my mid-60s, but I'm certainly going to do my bit to educate any noob that I can that might stumble across my channel. And that is why I say to people, and you and you, you and Nico say it, you know, British Hoddle, he's always beating that drum. 
subscribe. Share this out with five people you know, every one. It doesn't matter if they're not interested. Share the damn link and get more regular people because we're in the fight of our lives against the institutions. I'm listening to what they're all saying about, you know, BlackRock and this conspiracy side of it. And, you know, it's then going to do its hard fork and we're going to be left high and dry. Well, go and listen to Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University on, he puts it so well about how that isn't the case, etc. So, um, so for me, I just, I just know, I just instinctively know where this thing is going. Um, but I think there's going to be a fight. I think we're already in the fight. I mean, you and Nico clearly feel that we're in the fight. I mean, we've got these regs going on in the UK now where, you know, if you try and move any Bitcoin off a wallet, you know, off an exchange onto your own wallet, they want to know your inside leg measurement, what year you were born, you know, the whole nine <laughs> flipping yards, you know. So they're definitely trying to kill the on and off ramps without a doubt. So I just wonder your thoughts on this. Let's just use the word loosely fight and how that thing is going to play out because we're definitely in it, aren't we? Yeah, I would I would think we are in the, the early innings of then they fight you. Yeah. Um, we're seeing... We're seeing constantly, you know, Bitcoin's been going through FUD for since its inception. And so the FUD's not new, but I've just seen this year, because we constantly cover the 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 news where as we say, we're slaves to the news cycle. So we're constantly seeing the headlines, we're seeing what the powers that be are doing. We do our best to be as global as possible, but we are US centric. And so we do you know, see what's happening in America, but we see what's happening in UK. We see what's going on around the world. And it does seem like there is a concerted effort from all the powers that be to try to strangle and control Bitcoin. But I believe it's a little uh, too late, a little too little too late. And they just, they can't control Bitcoin. Bitcoin has gone out. It's, it's never going to get put back into the bag. And so what they can do though is so I, I was on a rug pull radio Monday. Uh, it's going to come out, I think, tomorrow or sometime next week or something like that. And G Money said something that that I love. I've been saying it in different ways, and he put it in a perfect meme. I think what's happening right now is we're seeing the battle for legitimacy, yeah. and for the most part. The average person still thinks that the people on television, the central bankers, the bureaucrats, the academics, they still believe that they have a sense of legitimacy. And what's happening is on the internet, on the the, the digital, uh, the battleground of ideas that is Twitter, that is all of us on social media, we're seeing that people are waking up to what we know to be the truth. Yep. He's gone again. <laughs> he keeps dropping out. So people just bear with me. And by the way, Paul, I've got your message. I'm going to tell Opti when I get a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, at the moment, Opti's disappeared again. So we've got to wait for him to call back in. I've never had this happen before. Guests keep dropping out. So I guess it's going to happen uh, now and again. So let's put me back on. So hopefully you're getting something. Don't forget to smash the like button. Don't forget to tweet it out. Don't forget to do all that good stuff. Hopefully, Opti's going to come back in. If not, I'm going to do a bit of waffling for a while, aren't I? But uh, while we're waiting for Opti, I can see many of you. Uh, Morton, um, who else have we got? MW is in the house. Um, I saw the other MW from the Spanish Islands. Uh, Jose, 
Kevo. I don't know how you say that. I don't want to butcher it. Rocky Palumbo is with us. Um, who else have we got? Satoshi Nakamoto. Love it. Good to see you all in the house. Let's get Opti back in. So, are you back with us? I was saying to, I was saying to my audience, this has never happened in four years of doing live interviews, but... Hey, listen, Let's see. you just have I mean, to, it's like, you're like the proverbial swan, you know, on the surface, you're all graceful. Underneath you are peddling like the clappers, waffling like mad talking until Opti comes back in. <laughs> I don't, I, I just keep getting booted. It just, it just re reconnects on me. So, well, don't worry uh, if it happens, just reconnect and we'll go again. Yeah, Before yeah, you no carry worries. on one thing, Paul asked me in the chat to say to you, he doesn't use Twitter. He doesn't know how to use Twitter. So yeah, yeah. Email me, optimist at bitvolt.io. Optimist, um, O-P-T-I-M-I-S. Yeah, O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T at B-I-T-V-O-L-T dot I-O. Hopefully you um, got that, Paul. Hopefully that's helpful. We've got a load yeah, of people in the chat. A load of uh, Some of them have come over from your show. I see Roman Stacks. That sat show is in the house as well. Uh, welcome to all you guys. Great to have you in the house. Opti, carry on. I don't know if you can remember the thread yeah, that you yeah, were on. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, TLDR, where are we right now? I think what we're seeing right now is the battle of legitimacy. So I think people are thirsty for the truth. Yeah. Um, I think for the last decade or so, we have been lulled to sleep by the powers that be, by them censoring, by them pushing certain agendas onto us. And I really do believe people are just kind of tired of this. They don't understand why they're tired of it. They just, they, they just feel that exhaust. They, they just feel fatigued with having to, you know, beat around the bush and there's a whole new thing that people are offended on. And so right now what we're seeing, I think, personally, I think we're seeing the pendulum swing the other way and people are looking for truth. People are having these conversations. And as a Bitcoiner, you know, I've only been a Bitcoiner for six years, but now it seems, especially this year, that the Bitcoin conversation, Bitcoin talking points, the Bitcoin signal is starting to really go mainstream. It's becoming the defining conversation on corporate press. Like I constantly see examples of celebrities and news anchors and uh, newspaper headlines of people saying what we've been saying. Remember before this year, most people weren't even saying the word fiat. And now mm, they're actively yeah. saying like, oh, don't say fiat, you're hurting our feelings, it offends us. And it's like, Bitcoiners have just been so ahead of the curve in regards to information that now it's finally starting to make waves and, and become part of the popular consciousness. And yep. I'm pretty convinced that almost everyone has heard the B word. You know, I think most people have heard about Bitcoin. They probably haven't studied Bitcoin like we have, but they've heard about it. They they have made up in their own minds what Bitcoin is. They probably heard it from the corporate press and called it some kind of Ponzi scheme or something for money launderers or financial criminals or whatever. They, so everyone has, I think, not maybe everyone is being a little lax with my definition, but I think for the majority of the population, most people have heard about Bitcoin in some way. Yeah. And they've made up their minds about Bitcoin. And here we are. What we're doing is we're on the battlegrounds of ideas. This is why we always say it is a mimetic war. We are in 
World War III right now, and it's an information war. And the only thing that the powers that be have had for so long is the control of the flow of information. And now they can't do that anymore because of all of us talking on social media, on YouTube, on Twitter, with our own friends. You know, we still have free thoughts within our minds and we aren't completely in a 1984 dystopia, but they are angling for that because I do believe that the closer we get to Bitcoin becoming a thing, the harder the fight will be. Or yeah. not Bitcoin becoming a thing, Bitcoin becoming the the standard for people to transact and save in, the harder they're going to fight. So they're going to scramble for control. They are scrambling for control right now because they understand, oh my God, the truth has been set free. And if the masses out there, if the individuals out there understand the true nature of the game, well, as Jefferson said, you know, if people understood banking, then they would revolt overnight. And few people understand how banking works. Keynesian economics is convoluted and complicated on purpose because they don't want you to believe that you are smart enough to understand how this works. Because as long as we have an uneducated mass population out there, they can get away with whatever they want. But we're seeing that these conversations that Bitcoiners have been having for before I even got into it for 15 years now is becoming the public consciousness. People are, are get being whether by choice or by force, like yep. uh, by, yep. by their situation, by the pain, because humans are funny, you know, humans, if you boil down human behavior, they either avoid pain or they chase pleasure. Well, I think we as a society, as a, as a global population have chased enough pleasure where we're like, we're not getting much out of all this pleasure. And now we're starting to hit the wall of pain. It's like inflation's going up. My grocery bills are more expensive. I have no savings. You know, I'm a millennial. I'm like, I, I had no savings before Bitcoin. I, I, if I'm lucky, I'll be able to buy a house. Like I, and then we have the younger generation, the Zoomers under us, and you can see that they are protesting. They're up in arms about everything. They just don't have the solutions. And constantly we're being told like, oh, these are the solutions. Oh, this time it's going to work. Even though if you study history a little bit, you know that this has never worked in the way that they want it to work. And maybe it is time to try something new. And that new thing, in my opinion, is Bitcoin. It's a money that no one can control. It's an individualism versus collectivism. It is bootstrapping yourself, putting in some work, trusting yourself, having some personal responsibility. Really, like I like to say it, it's kind of going back to what your grandmother always told you. You know, I, I didn't really have too much of a conversation with my grandmother. She died when I was relatively young, but my mom passes down some of her wisdoms and I, it, it always resonates with me. I'm like, wow, you know, grandma and grandpa had it right. Like it's kind of, I don't know if you've heard the meme, but the, the new counterculture isn't so much the counterculture of like the seventies, you know, flower power and you know, the counterculture of the eighties, like punk rock rebels or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the counterculture was of the 2000 for us is just like unplug and be nihilistic or whatever. Uh, we're going kind of back to like a 1950s type counterculture where the counterculture is be a productive human, 
build a family, you know, provide for your, for your family, be, be someone of value to your fellow man mm. and take some personal responsibility because I, I, again, I, I use, I speak in memetics. I I'm, you know, I'm an 80, I'm a left side of the bell curve Bitcoiner. I, I, I try to do my best to speak to the average person and speak in their words. And I know all of you guys have watched Saturday morning cartoons and I always picture in my mind, we're at the point of the movie where Wiley Coyote has run off the cliff chasing the Roadrunner, and only Bitcoiners are the one that have looked down at their feet and realized they are off the cliff. And this can go into every single aspect of our lives is look, we have, you know, fiat foods. We have foods that are killing you. We yep. have greedy, you know, and I hate to do like uh, the SJW, like greedy corporations that are selling us out for more profit. It's like profit is good, but are you actively providing products that your market wants or are you pushing an agenda so that you can get the cheapest you know most wasteful products out there and i think going back to being more free market based where it's like look i know what my audience wants i'm going to provide something to them if they don't like it well i will iterate and i will provide a product to the free market that they want and they will buy for me and it's no longer oh I am right and the market's wrong. Like you idiots don't understand that I'm selling you something good. It's, oh, maybe my fundamentals are wrong. Maybe my thesis is wrong. And maybe my point of view on the world is wrong. And I have to reevaluate myself. It's not about going external. It's about turning the mirror and looking internal and being like, what is the underlining variable to all of my problems? Mm. It is me. And maybe I need to change something in the way I view the world. And if every individual does this, then slowly but surely, all of this will ripple out and society will get better. And I don't know if this is connecting the dots or where we even went here and where what I'm ranting yeah, about. Let, let me but I'm reminded, just... before you go on, Brad, one more thing. It's, I'm reminded of the Ayn Rand quote. I vow to never live for another man nor ask another man to live for me. And I really do think that's the mantra. Like bootstrap yourself. I think I, I try not to get involved with politics in general. I, I try not to let anything enter my mind that makes me a victim. And so I, I try to look at myself and be like, okay, what is the next best step? How can I better my life? And I think if we all do this, the world will inevitably get better versus just pointing fingers and being like, you're the problem when, hey, pull the thorn out of your own eye before you pull it out of your brothers. Okay, so pushing back on that slightly, you have to- sure. You have to take on board. Well, my my opinion is the masses are the majority, and the masses just want the government to fix everything for them. The masses yeah. will, if the government say jump, they'll say how high. The masses, they, I believe in the eighty twenty rule so much, and you know you could say you could skew it to say ninety ten or ninety five five that you know most people just aren't going to ever get this. They don't want to ever get it. They believe the government is going to take care of them and look after them. And when, and in talking of politics, just thinking back on what you said about politics, here's what I see from a very rudimental point of view. And that is you've got 
them on the left, you, you, let's use left and right as opposed to conservative Labour or, you know, your, your one's out there, Democrat and, and uh, the other one. Um, if, if, you know, him on the right gets into power and they serve four years. And then if they're really crappy but know what they're doing, they maybe get in and they do another term, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone gets unhappy and disillusioned. And then the guy on the left says, I'll make that better for you. Just vote me in. And we just start the whole blooming cycle again, Opti, and nothing changes. And for me, as a regular working class guy, all I've ever felt is they are total liars. They will say whatever they want to say to get in. And then once they're in, they know they cannot deliver it because they're broke. They're monstrously in debt. The, the US debt clock is about $211 trillion or, or something ridiculous. On my show on Monday, I put up a, um, a, a, a document that I was sent five or six years ago by a friend of mine who was an accountant, and it showed all the companies in the UK that just have not got any money in the pot to pay people their pensions. And yet, it's like Argentina, you know, they're going to vote in, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I was thinking it happened. It was happening Sunday. or I know it's coming up, but I bet yeah, they go and soon. vote in the same tyrannical government that has locked them down and made them broke, and they're in, they, they vote them in again. Yeah, 100 percent. And that, I think, is the question that I ask myself constantly is, you know, do people care about hard money? Mm. And no, I don't think I can't. I, I, I I, most people don't even know what it is. Yep. And so I think this is part of the education that we are a part of that we're all trying to do is is each one teach one. We, we try to do our best to incept these ideas into people, because I think that we have been lulled to sleep with comfort and most people will go along with whatever the party line is. You know, it, like most people, I, I hate, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as team human as possibly. I'm very optimistic on humans, but I also understand we're, we're the best and the worst creature on planet earth. And for better or worse, most, most people will just, most people are sheep. I, I hate to say yep. it, but it's they most are. people are sheep. Are. And but I think that the shining light of this and my again, bringing up my friend Brandon, he reminded me that uh, I know you're in the UK uh, where I'm in America. Um, so he reminded me that the founding fathers of the United States were only about three to five percent of the initial population of America. And they gave the rest of America freedom. And right. so. As much as my goal is to wake up as many people as possible, wake up the masses, as, as people like to say, I think what really matters is just having a solid 3 to 5% of ardent Bitcoin maximalists globally. Yes, whether I agree. that means Whether that means in each nation there's 3 to 5%, but globally we need a solid ardent 3 to 5% of Bitcoin maxis that are staunch, that won't go back to fiat, that won't play these games. And once we get to like, I don't know what, I don't know what the statistics are, or, or do we know the exact number of the population? Not really, but we know that roughly once it gets to around 5%, then it'll shift to around 15%. And once you get to that 15% of saturation, it's ubiquitous with this is the norm. Yeah. And so 
I think what we try to do, especially at Simply Bitcoin, what we try to do is make our message palatable to every single person and and do our best not to come across as like crazy, anon, conspiracy theorists. So like yep. we, we try to bring it back down to earth. Like we're just regular dudes. We see an issue. We think we have the solution and only time will tell if we are correct. And via that being correct yes our purchasing power will go up we will be wealthy and that's the point you need capital in today's world you need to have some wealth to make any influence into the world and yeah. once enough bitcoiners have wealth have enough capital to actually put their money where their mouth is well hey who do you think is going to be the one lobbying stuff? It's going to be Bitcoiners. Who do you think they're going to ask for money when you have the best money in the world? It's going to be Bitcoiners. So I think as much as I really do believe in the Pareto principle and I, I try not to get blackpilled, I try not to think of humans as as just wholly being dumb and following, a lot, uh, following the crowd. I do understand human psychology, at least to a, a simple, a little bit. And for better or worse, Humans look to the, the crowd, they look to the people to their side, and they're only going to take a step once other people they respect and know take that step with them. Yes, only us Bitcoiners, the black sheep, you know, the rebels are the ones that are willing to take the hate, the ridicule, step out in front of the in front of the crowd, be looked at as weird and basically tell everyone, hey, you're wrong. I am right. I will prove that I am right. And once enough of us step out. Other people will follow. Once that second crowd follows, then it becomes a party. Then it becomes a cool thing to do. Then it's the defining conversation. And so I think right now where we are is playing the same game that you said. You know, it is the Pareto principle, and it is only going to take a small intolerant minority that just won't budge, that have opted out, that are building a better system. And I think as humans, if they are given a free, fair choice, like if they're giving the, the choice to actually choose and they don't have the the rose colored lenses of the government and they aren't being psyop, they will choose freedom over a totally tyrannical central bank digital control mechanism. Yeah. It just to me, maybe maybe we are the outlier. Maybe we are the weird ones. And we this this decision is like I don't think there is a decision in this conversation. It's like choose choose a. Uh, unsafe freedom or choose being a comfortable slave for the rest of humanity like that doesn't seem like a choice to me like it's very obvious what the choice is at least to me and other bitcoiners it's uh it's freedom i don't care if it's not as nice and safe as this bubble wrap world that they promise me like i'd much rather make my own decisions fail on my own accord, yeah. build myself up on my own accord and let me learn life. Like life isn't this bubble wrap thing where like, oh, you're never going to make mistakes. You're, you're never going to feel pain, you know, take the Soma and, and fall asleep and trust the government. And we know what's best for you. I, I, I just inherently think that's insulting to the human, just the, the, the humanity of every single one of us. It's like, they're literally telling you, you're too dumb to understand how the world works yeah. you're too dumb to know what's best for yourself like you are no better than than a child you're no better than an infant and i know what's best for you because i'm the nanny state like to me it just it's such a slap in the face because i really do believe that humans can rise to the highest levels of of peace or of of goodness and i i do believe humans have a soul i do believe we are called to greater and better things i do believe that what we're doing right now 
is humans are trying to understand the best way to organize humanity. And yeah. for so long, it's been listened to the listen to the few at the top. They know what's best for you. You're a poor peasant. You don't know what's right for you. You're uneducated. You don't have an academic degree. You don't know what's right from wrong. Like you're an idiot. Basically, you're a peasant. Shut up, peasant. Stay in your place. And I'm like, yo, no. Uh, I believe that all men were created equal, that we're all created from God, that I have some faculties. It may not be the highest faculties. You know, I jokingly say I may not have the most brain cells, but I have some brain cells and I understand what's best for myself. And I think all humans can also understand what's best for themselves. And I really do believe in, in the ideas that this country was built on, you know, uh, a country for all people of all race, of all education, of all sex, and you have the right to your freedoms, your personal freedoms, to take the risk, to build yourself up, to live the life that you think is best for yourself as long as you're not hurting other people. Mm -hmm. I inherently really believe that trying to provide as much value to my fellow man as much as possible without being a psychopathic, violent you know, uh, numbskull that we can actually propagate a better world. And I grew up in a world or at least in, in a childhood where I've always wanted to leave the world better than it was before. And I just yeah. always looked at the world and I'm like, there's problems here. Like, how can we fix this? And it just all has boiled down to it's the money, stupid. It's always about the money. It will always be about the control of money. And it's no coincidence that Talking about money is considered rude. It's considered a faux pas. It's considered don't don't look at the money. You yeah. know, uh, money is the root of all evil. It's like yeah. no, the love of money is the root of all evil. Making what you can every do decision. with money changes lives. Yeah, like I have a joke, uh, and I'm not the first one to say this, but um, you know, people say that money doesn't buy you happiness, but I've never seen an unhappy person on a jet ski. Like <laughs> it, you know. Life, life is better with money. Like we should not be ashamed of, of seeking profits, but seeking profits above all else and destroying everything behind us. Yeah. I don't think that, that is what a Bitcoiner is, or an entrepreneur is about. It's about solving problems, providing service and value to everyone around you, creating something that is so undeniable that people have to give you their money because it makes their lives better. And when I look at bureaucrats and I look at politicians and I look at the central bankers, they're doing the complete opposite. They don't uh, test their products on the market. They just tell you this is the best product. And if you have any criticism, shut up. You know, you're a hater, you're a troll, you don't understand anything. And uh, let me just push my agenda. And because I have enough lobbying power, there's nothing you can say because you're a poor peasant. So like, yep. get out of here. We're going to continue down this path. Even if it's a path to destruction, doesn't matter as long as I am filling my coffers. And I'm like, this just, it makes no sense to me. I mm -hmm. think providing value, what all tech, entrepreneur all the great tech entrepreneurs have done what you know the the what ford did for for cars you know like what what tesla did for electricity like these pioneers had made our lives better by them just seeking and being curious and and creating stuff that is just so undeniable that the world has improved and we have gotten to a point where we're not really improving on anything. We're just kind of mashing together plastic to sell and continue the velocity of money to go through the economy. And if we're being honest with ourselves and we're not caught up in the, in the craze, 
it's like most of this stuff we can do without you know like yeah there's certain basic necessities that i need of course i need i need roof over my head and i need food but like do i need the latest iphone no, my old one's good. Do I need the latest computer? No, yeah, my old yeah. one's good. There's yeah. there's planned obsolescence. Like, mm. what do do I need a new fancy car to impress my neighbor? No, like I'm okay with my old Toyota truck. Like it gets me from point A to point B. Now, does that mean you don't have to get it? No. If you find a need in it, then so be it. But I just I don't really see much innovation happening in the world. And I, I just I really do think that it's because of the fiat money problem that we're seeing. You know, the, the money is the root problem right now. And bad economics is what's leading us off the cliff. And here I am, just a Bitcoiner, you know, a talking head, as, as some of my friendly trolls tell me all the time. You know, I just see the problem. I try to expose that that hypocrisy to hopefully an audience outside of just Bitcoiners. And people don't think that we're just crazy. Because I, I really do believe that Bitcoiners are just kind of bad at marketing. We have the best money in the world. Why should it be so complicated to try to get people to save in something that's going know, to better their lives? It's, it's an uphill battle, though, isn't it? I've got I've got family that roll their eyes. They snigger behind my back. They you know they ring and say, oh, "How's that old bitty thing doing then?" And you know you just so oh, me got, too. I've got to a point now where. You know, if they've had several touches and they're just not interested in listening to what I've got to say about what they should be considering, then I'm moving on. And they I, they can't ever come to me and say, why didn't you tell me about Bitcoin? Because I've done what I needed to do. You know, I had one telephone or Skype call. We were living abroad at the time. I had one Skype call from a good friend of mine. He explained, you know, money. I thought he'd gone nuts, but he explained money very well. He explained this Bitcoin thing. And I was in the rabbit hole because I chose to. That's the important bit because you can you can lead a horse yeah. to water, but you cannot make the thing drink. Yeah. Uh, Opti, crikey, we're an hour. It's gone. And I know you got an appointment. So I'm going to pull it well, there. Let's because... do it. We can do it again. Let's do this again. Because oh, I feel like I, 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 if I didn't have to go right now, I could have gone way longer. Yeah, me too. But it's cool. It's cool. It's been fantastic. Look, in the show notes, I've got your Twitter. I've got Simply Bitcoin in there as well. So people can subscribe. And I would encourage you all to subscribe to Simply Bitcoin. I get over there when I can. But the problem is mine clashes, which is always a bit <laughs> of a nightmare, as you can see uh, tonight. But, you know, those of you on Simply Bitcoin, come and subscribe to my channel as well, because I'm doing my bit within the space. And I always say, if we've got enough of us doing our bit, then we can all reach out and put our tentacles out and help less, more and more people not get rug pulled is my take. Opti, thanks for coming on, mate. Anything you want to say to my audience before we pull it together? Um, I would just say, guys, look, I'm, I'm with Brian. I, I don't really orange pill much anymore, but when I do, I try to avoid to say the B word. I, mm. I think planting these ideas you know, whether it's fiat, whether it's central banks, whether it's tyrannical control, whether it's the degradation of privacy, whether it's, you know, censorship of information. I think if we plant these ideas and we get more people to understand that this isn't just crazy people talking about this, like this is happening in real time. Here's some examples of this. Slowly but surely you incept these ideas, these freedom ideas into people's minds. And then you show them, hey, everyone's talking about the problem. We have the solution and it is Bitcoin. And I think the more people talk about this stuff, the more it becomes common conversation. 
the more Bitcoiners will be born because yep. people, again, we're tribal. And if your tribe is saying the complete opposite of what this random Bitcoiner is saying, well, you're most likely going to agree with your tribe. And so yeah. we just need more people out there making sure this conversation's happening, making sure people know what the root problems are. And slowly but surely, everyone will become a Bitcoiner. I, I really like how Safe Dean said it. Uh, Bitcoin will be adopted, not not really by choice, but by necessity. And mm. in my mm. personal life, I felt that necessity. Uh, I think people are feeling that necessity today with inflation and all the crazy price rises. We're seeing what's happening in the traditional financial world. There's cracks in the system. People are looking for places to park assets, to park their savings. And Bitcoin is the most accessible tool to every single human on planet Earth. And I think just moving forward, we're moving into a Bitcoin world. And if people don't want to listen, like you, Brian, I did my part. I've been ranting about this to everyone who would listen. And I'm here whenever they want to. But also, same as me. I'm yeah. on YouTube. I'm on YouTube. Simply Bitcoin. Like, come watch the show. I'll rant <laughs> to you every single day. You know, follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll rant to you there. So I, I just, and I'm just blessed that this somehow is something that people want me to do is just continue to talk yeah. about this. So yeah. I, I just, I, I want to see humanity win. I want to see you guys as individuals win. I want to see myself and my family win. I'm tired of us having to basically take the boot, accept it, shut up and just go off into your measly existence. Go eat your gruel. Like, no, I think prospering, is glorifying all that is good. So go out and prosper and we are winning and we will continue to win. It might get darker, but that just means that we have the light and they can't snuff out the light. So we're winning. They, they can't stop this. Uh, let's just hope we're not martyrs in this, but Bitcoin can't be stopped. So I think we're winning. I think we're good to go and life's only going to get better, even though it might get a little scary and dark throughout that. Opti, thank you, man. That was absolutely superb. Um, do me a favor, just stay in my green room for a minute while I pull the show together. Yeah, no problem. Um, that is it, peeps. I'm going to bring up my quotes as I always do. And actually, based on what Opti and I have been talking about, look at this. This better to walk alone than with a crowd going in the wrong direction. We've just talked all about the crowd, the masses, the tribe. Go walk alone rather than be with the crowd going in the wrong wrong direction. And I've lived by that all of my life. People, that is it. Please smash the likes, share this out. Wherever you're listening on the podcast, thank you for being here. Share me where you listen. I'm going to be back on Monday, as always, 6 p.m. London with a regular show, a few news articles, a few tweets. Come and join me if you're on Simply Bitcoin and you're in this chat come and subscribe. It'd be great to have you here as well. I go live every Monday and every Thursday at 6pm London. But for now, as always, stay there, Opti. I'm going to leave my audience with my social media links, a quick outro, and I'll catch you all on Monday. Thank you, Opti. Thank you all for being here. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. This is your alternative to the crappy lying BBC. We call it the bullish Bitcoin channel. Social media links coming up.